in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? We are out at TPC Summerlin for the Shriners Children's Open. We're up on the hill inside the big tent. Come on down and find us. We can give away some t-shirts or you can t-shirts. You can get on some of the uh, signed jerseys, signed helmets that are here. We'll be joined by Patrick Lindsay uh, a little bit later this hour, the tournament director here for the Shriners Children's Open. The front page is brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club. The Suncoast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat, drink, and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy every Saturday night out at the Suncoast. Shows start at 7 and 9.30. All right. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, but it looks like it's actually going to happen. Bill Foley, according to The Athletic, is expected to buy Bournemouth in the coming days. Bournemouth is a Premier League team. They're currently 13th in the Premier League after eight games, uh, and he is expected to purchase them for $150 million. So Bill Foley appears to be the next American in line to buy a Premier League team. Yeah, I saw this down here. I was wondering, the first thing I saw was $150 million. I thought, that's not a lot. So the is big transfer fees for some guy. <laughs> the big difference is that this team can be relegated. Like that's the main, that's the key here. And if Bournemouth were to be relegated to the second division in England, they are significantly less valuable. And that's the issue when you're buying teams, when you're buying soccer teams in, in Europe, that's the big issue right. is that they can be relegated. And once you go down to the second division, you are extremely uh, less profitable. You're not getting nearly the revenue that you'd get. So teams that never get relegated, right? The, the top two or three teams, five or six teams in every league are going to sell for billions of dollars. But after that, everybody else can pretty much be relegated. At that point, you lose so much value. So for Foley, if Bournemouth stays in the Premier League for whatever, 10 straight years, $150 million is going to be nothing. Nothing. That's absolutely yeah. nothing. If they get relegated and they spend even just two or three years in the championship, which is the second division in England, he's going to be he's going to have spent way too much money on a team that's in the second division because they don't get nearly as much money. You uh, you bummed that uh, he went this way instead of MLS in Vegas. Well, I I mean it's no, Bill Foley. He, he might still do that. He was going to name the damn team the Las Vegas Heroes, and I don't want the Las Vegas Heroes what? to be the name of the team. If you if you had one choice, it was the Heroes and not having a team, or the Heroes and having a team, you would have the team. You'd have to. No, I don't have really? to. An MLS team? Yeah, I'd still take it, but yeah. I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't be very happy about the Las Vegas Heroes. God, it's so bad. It's not a good name at all. It's terrible all the way around. So I'm glad he's not. I'm, I'm glad he's buying a team in England, and I can't wait for another English fan base to be mad that an American owns their team. Yeah. Happy to move on to the, to the next question here, Aaron. Aaron Rodgers said the development of the Packers' young wide receivers could factor into his decision to return. He said earlier this week, look, my decision when it comes down to it will be obviously the physical part, the mental part, seeing where the team is at. There's some moving pieces that will factor in for sure, 
but seeing the development of those guys can't help but be part of the decision. Packers obviously traded away Devontae Adams. They have two rookies, Christian uh, Watkins and Romeo Dubs, playing for them. But here's the thing that I can't even begin to imagine. Rodgers would get paid $59 million next season to play for the Packers. He's you not, and I could be the receiver. He's not walking away from that. No, you and I could be the receiver. Because he's not walking away from that. Romeo Dubs dropped a couple of passes. No. He's going to be playing in the NFL. Near $60 million. <laughs> it, I don't care how much money you have. Right. It'd be one thing if he didn't have a contract signed or something like that or was playing for $10 million. Right. But and he $59 didn't like the million. He's not walking away regardless of who they are. He's going to be back. But it, I can't wait for another offseason of what is Aaron Rodgers going to do when it's very clear he's going to come back. If it's just locals because we heard him coming back out of the break and he goes for a he goes for a brew at the local pub with that, uh, with that ponytail, who recognizes him? In England? It's, just, it's not. It's not American fans right now in, in the mm, pub right now. I'm just telling you. I'm gonna guess not many. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people. He's do. he's he's big enough that people might look at him and say, "Who's that guy?" Or what do you do? Right, you play sports, and and maybe there might be somebody who's like, "Ah, oh, the NFL's here," and that's you know one of the more famous right. players. But I'm gonna go with if he just goes to a random pub in London. I'm gonna go with nobody recognizes him. Yeah, he might get a few looks. as like that guy's tall with a ponytail, but otherwise, I don't. They'd think give the, they'd him. give my scouting report. He's big. <laughs> He's big. Next question: The head coach of the Buccaneers, Arthur Smith, said that Tom Brady doesn't get enough credit. His quote was, "Well, I don't think Brady gets enough credit to sustain that level of success year after year. He's going to make the right play. He's had a million different teammates and been successful." Is there anyone on earth that doesn't give Tom Brady credit? That's, that's like, again, with the Patrick Patrick Mahomes stuff, uh, you know, and this might be true in terms of all he's done with the trick plays and everything, and we heard, uh, was it um, Charles who said he was underrated? Yeah, so Charles McDonald, people people have graded Patrick Mahomes or ranked him as, like, the number three or four best quarterback. So right. Charles McDonald is like, no, he's the best. He's going and crazy anybody who says it. he's not one is, not, is an idiot. Right. So, yeah, but this is, I mean, I, literally, who who argues against no, Tom Brady nobody. or doesn't give him enough credit? Like, it doesn't exist. Even Zell? <laughs> is that who we talking to right here? <laughs> Arthur Smith is trying to save a marriage. Yes. It'd be good. It'd be good. Arthur Smith right. can't save it. Great question. Lane Kiffin's dog. Oh, you love this. He's named Juice. You got your shirt on today. He has signed an NIL deal. Uh, Lane Kiffin's dog is going to get free dog food, but he actually has things he can't do. He can't dig holes in the Grove, which is on campus at Ole Miss. He can't wear maroon, which is the color of Mississippi State. State. Uh, But if he avoids certain things like that, he gets uh, free dog food from Hollywood Feed. Um, How how many athletes across the country is Lane Kiffin's dog making more in NIL deals than? I mean, a lot, given how many athletes there are. I mean, is he making more down here than UNLV athletes? Probably a lot of them. I mean, free do- dog food's expensive. Yeah. I don't know why I'm well, spending so much money on dog food nowadays. Us too. I need my dog to get an NIL yeah, deal, free too. dog food. We've had to cut Rory's food down. What, are you skin- making him skinny? Yeah. Well, he, he, he's well lifting him, just lifting him up on the couch is hurting Bonnie's back. <laughs> what, uh, how big is the dog? Uh, 30-something. Okay. But you know, it's, it's, it's a hefty, it's a hefty bulldog. Get a, he's got to be on the couch. Can't you give little stairs for him to climb up? We worry about him. I don't know about your dogs, but we worry about him jumping down and hurting himself with that weight. Yeah, the we, weight. So we have a we have a ramp 
and the dogs can climb up and down the ramp. Maybe we need to get one on of those, the stairs because we've been lifting up and down. It's it's kind of cumbersome. It's in the way, right? But you can get a little ramp, and and they can climb up well, and down the ramp. We gotta look into that because we've been lifting up and down, and it's not good. Yeah. Our so our uh, our bulldog is nine, right? But we also have a fourteen year old Shih Tzu who refuses to use any sort of ramp or stairs. Like she's fourteen, she's right. fine. She's like as active as she was when she was eight or whatever. But, like, she, we put a ramp or stairs up for the couch. She refuses to do it. If you put her on her, she, like, freaks out. Like, she's a cat and tries right. to fall off. But if you lift her on the couch, she loves the couch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and she also she also kind of doesn't like us picking her up, so she wants to jump up on the couch by herself. Can't she? Yeah, yeah. But At I'm 14? Like, oh, yeah. She, for her. She'll miss a couple of times. She'll come up a little <laughs> bit Jeez. short. But she like she's like I'm Falls like falls on the back, right? Yeah, no, just right back down on her back legs. But I'm like, all right, you're 14. I'll I'll help you. And she doesn't want it. She's not about it. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. The fan that ran on the field Monday in Monday night's game and was tackled by Bobby Wagner has filed a police report. Um, according to the story on TMZ, the injuries that were sustained by this fan were burn injuries. Yeah, because he was carrying a little smoke from his bomb own bomb thing on the field, and if those are your only injuries, how are you? How, how are you suing yeah. Bobby Wagner? This has no chance. <laughs> this has no chance. If I'm a judge, I'm like, buddy, take your burns and get the hell out of my courtroom. There's no chance this goes far further. Did they? By the way, they got. Uh, there were two fans. By the way, one didn't get the on the field. The woman got. Uh, I don't know if she got tackled, but she got. Uh, Taken, taken out before she could get on the field as yeah. well. They're protesters. And here's the other, my other question on this. If you, what's the difference in being tackled by Bobby Wagner versus being tackled by a security guard? No, because I, you're trespassing on the on the situation, right? Because right? so, like if a security guard tackles you, yeah, that's his job. I mean, so why can't Bobby Wagner? I, help? I, look, I, I'm with you because Bobby Wagner, I guess, could argue. You have no, I mean, the danger he imposes, you have no idea. That's what, that's what he, he said afterwards. Does he have a gun? Does yeah. he, I mean, you don't know what he has. That was when he was he asked about bomb. it. Yeah, when he was asked about it, he was like, you have no idea what these people are doing yeah. or what they have. So no. he wanted to end it. This which doesn't go anywhere. I can't imagine. But I would I would wonder this. Bobby Wagner makes that tackle, and then he's he's getting sued. Whether or not he actually loses or not is another question. But I wonder, like, if you're a coach, are you telling your players just back away? Like, just leave them? I don't know. If I'm a coach, I'm a little worried what the guy has, too. And I'm not tackling him. If Bobby Wagner's there, have Bobby Wagner tackle him. If you're a coach, you're saying, all right, get in front of me. Yes, get between exactly. me and the guy on the field. The smoke yeah. bomb and take him out. <laughs> Save me, please. Ballot question for sure. Cole Beasley retired from the NFL earlier this week, um, which is interesting since nobody signed him before the season and the Bucks only signed him when they had lost all of their wide receivers to injury or suspension. But now he has retired. And I'm going to ask you the same question from a week ago. Why did the Packers and Aaron Rodgers not sign Cole Beasley? What did I, I mean, I said a week ago I didn't, I didn't even really know. I mean, I don't, I don't know why they didn't take a shot at him. He, they, now, because is, you're going down the road of the uh, vaccination. Well, he and Rodgers would be best he, friends. Yeah. They, they gave each other a hug or a high five after the Packers beat the Buccaneers earlier this year. And it just seems like Aaron Rodgers right. would love that guy. But also... It's not like the Packers have good wide receivers. Like Romeo Dubs dropped a touchdown pass last week, and he's well, he's, he's got, their best good enough wide receivers where he's going to take sixty million dollars next year. I tell you that, <laughs> so they're good enough for that. I no, so. I, I understand what you mean in terms of the vaccination situation. Maybe he got overruled. Maybe he wanted them. Although I don't know who's overruling Aaron Rodgers in, in Green Bay when it comes to his receivers. You can overrule now, right? 
you got the contract locked in for a while. You can. You, what's he going to do? Walk away for fifty nine million dollars? Yeah. Like if he does that, good for him. But you just the cops attitudes that guy. You can you can walk away from you can you can tell him what's up now. I think so. I think that's fair. Kalong told me a couple days ago. I, you got to get rid of this echo. <laughs> can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs> that's Scherzer, right? That is Scherzer. Yeah. Let's go, buddy. Tonight. That's right. Tonight against the pods. Let's uh, go. So I've been wanting to get to this all week and just haven't found time. Clint Capella uh, over the weekend, he plays for the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks had five players sort of write their goals on a Polaroid at media day. And the other starters for the Atlanta Hawks wrote things like championship, win the championship, championship float. Clint Capella wrote Eastern Conference Finals and All Defensive Team. <laughs> Clint thinking about Clint. And somebody went out and looked. Clint Capella's contract, he has a $1 million bonus if the Hawks make the Eastern Conference Finals. He doesn't get anything extra if they make the NBA Finals or win it. He gets a $1 million bonus simply for Clint. making the Eastern Conference Finals. So everybody else is like, yeah, I want to win a title. Clint's like, you know. If we get to the Eastern Conference I get Finals, an extra mil. and then we can lose, and I get to go on vacation a week earlier, and this is great. I love Clint Capella. I thought he was first downplaying like Pops' his own team, but it, this $1 million bonus makes a lot oh. more sense if that's why he wants to get And he knows it, and that's that's his objective. Like, yep, we get to the Eastern Conference Finals, oh, I get my million, guys, a million dollar happy. bonus, they know exactly what they need to do. <laughs> I'm surprised the all-defensive team didn't come with a bonus. The front page is brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club at the Suncoast. The Suncoast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat, drink, and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy every Saturday night, 7 and 9.30. Coming up next, the tournament director out here at Shriners, Patrick Lindsay, joins the show. Just stay out of my way, or you'll pay. Listen to what I say. How about I just go eat some hay? I can make things out of clay and lay by the bay. I just may. What do you say? We're back to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. Joining us now is Patrick Lindsay, the tournament director of the Shriners Children's Open. We're out here at TPC Summerlin. We're inside the tent on the hill. Silent auction uh, going on here later in the day. Lots of signed memorabilia to give away, to be auctioned off uh, for the Shriners Children's Hospital. Patrick, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. I got my eye on that Larry Bird signature. Well, there. we wondered if we took that and just ran through the course <laughs> when we left. Would anyone stop us? It's debatable, <laughs> to be honest. Fifty. <laughs> uh, so you were telling us before you're not even you're not even getting to look at your fantasy football lineup because you've been a little busy this week. Yeah, I've been a, been a little busy, but you know that's that's what we do here, right? Does, does everyone in your league want to play you this week? Oh, probably. Is that, <laughs> is that the objective? Yes, uh, for sure. It's why my fantasy Family, I have the, the family one that I'm in. They definitely like playing me early on, but they also I'm going to dominate them afterwards. You, so. They should be out here helping you. That's, like that well, should just be a, a family yeah, issue. It's amazing, out here? it's amazing how busy everybody comes. <laughs> yes, they disappear. <laughs> yes, they disappear on this week. Uh, so I actually wanted to start with a story that I saw uh, yesterday about uh, Tano Goya, who was an alternate. Yep, and he. Basically, I guess he showed up here, even though he wasn't officially in the tournament. Nobody had withdrawn for him to be in yesterday and ended up uh, – he was practicing a little bit, but then got the call like five minutes before. Yep. 
Exactly, exactly what happened. I forget if it was the Monati withdrawal or if it was the Kucher withdrawal. But yeah, so literally, if you're an alternate, if you're like the you know one, two, or three alternate, you pretty much always still show up at events because sure enough, somebody's going to get injured or withdraw, which is what happened with with Peter Monati and Matt Kucher. They sustained a little injury and decided they couldn't make it, and those guys have to go. He didn't have his pro- he was wasn't barefoot, but he didn't have his proper shoes on that. until yeah. I think he said the first he was in the fairway on the first hole. Yeah, I who, think he teed off in sneakers. Who who brings him the shoes in the middle of the uh, hole? I think, in the, I think in that case it was a rules <laughs> official. I, I think I, I didn't know that, I didn't know it was happening until I saw the story. It was uh, it was unbelievable. I'm like, oh, this is this is funny. I think stuff like that happens, you know. But it's funny he should have been out on the range, kind of warming up or staying yeah. loose. You would have thought he had his shoes on, but hey. How's the, tennis shoes. how's the field been each year? You have I talked in the past about yeah. you, you, most of your off season is trying to ga- garner the field and to try to you know make it as best as possible. How has that gone in the last several years? Well, it's it's been different the last couple of years because of the pandemic. COVID. You know, I mean that just kind of halted it a little bit, and really just now kind of starting to pick it back up. You know, my first 2015, 2019 when I had just kind of started getting here, I was on the road. Probably five or six tournaments a year. 2020 didn't obviously travel at all. Last year was kind of slow and got back to it a little bit this year. But um, especially with some of the changes that are probably coming to the fall next year, I will be out there a lot uh, this coming year uh, talking to guys and getting a feel for what they what they want to do. But um, it's made an impact. You know, you know, 15 through 19, our field continued to get better. This year, really happy with with our field as well. We've got some great names. I think our leaderboard looks really good right right now. Cantley played pretty well. We've got some young kids who I think are going to be stars, like this Thomas Dietry, who's T6 right now. Um, gave him an exemption this year coming out of the Corn Ferry Tour. He's going to be stellar. So Maverick McNeely, you know, local kid now. So it's it's going to be a pretty good weekend. How is it recruiting for this? Because it sounds yeah. just the way you sort of started off. It sounds a lot like when we talk to college coaches about going and, and recruiting kids to come play college football or basketball. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's actually been great. Um, you know, uh, when we first started, it's really just all to be honest. It's really about just having conversations with the guys. But it's not just the player. It's the it's the agent. It's the caddy. Sometimes it's the wife or just the team around them just to make sure that they know that we would love to have them. We have two incredible things going for us. We're really probably three incredible things going for us. Um, one, we always know that we're going to have really great weather. It's, you know, we're going to have a great week over the next few days. We're not going to have to worry about cold and rain for the most part. We have an amazing charity that they're going to come and play for. Um, so that's a great talking point. And then we have this incredible destination that we live in that they're going to come out here and experience the best resorts and um, the best restaurants in town. So it's not a hard sell, to be honest, but it's a matter of just going out there and just, you know, laying those things out and saying, we want you. You're going to have a great time. We're going to take good care of you. More and more, uh, I visited one of the children's hospitals, as you know, did the Mm -hmm. story on them and how incredible uh, Shriners is for for the children. Mm -hmm. Uh, These stories get more and more amazing each year uh, with the children and what what Shriners does. How much does Shriners help in terms of whether it's a field or getting people out here and because they know what a cause this is? Oh, there are, well, there are guys that are always going to play us because they, they they love the cause. And, you know, we have several players now that are, actively donating to our cause 
as well. And a lot of that has is because of the experience that we've put out here to make sure that the PGA Tour players are meeting the kids. So we have three kids playing uh, during the par three. We put three kids at uh, three different par threes, uh, patient ambassadors. So they're getting to kind of play a, 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 a hole with them, kind of learn their story. Um, and then we have our standard bearer program on Saturday and Sunday where we have a couple of kids that will be walking with the top 11 groups um, on the weekend as well. So the guys are getting that interaction and just telling those stories. One helps really year after year, give us the base. And then it, and then we just kind of go out there and fill in some of the, some of the gaps of the guys that we want to see on, on the top side. So when we're going out to events, we already know we're going to have a really, really solid base, but there's probably five guys that we're really focused on trying to get. A uh, little bit later in our show, we're going to talk to Parker, one of the kids yeah. that was uh, Amazing that's a kid. patient at Triders. You've I've, you've met him then. Yep. Uh, he seems just from the story I've seen, he already seems yes. great. Yeah, he he has an in- incredible story. Both both of our national patient ambassadors, Catherine and Parker, have incredible stories. The the thing that I I always love just telling people their their stories and what we try to do is also why. I love that Shriners participates in sports, so it's not just our PGA Tour event. It's the the East-West Shrine Bowl that's in Allegiant Stadium in February. It's the college baseball classic that we sponsor in Houston and the basketball tournament that we that we sponsor in, in Charleston. All of those things kind of put together, we are telling our kids stories through sports, and Catherine and Parker, they're athletes. You know, Catherine's a Division One soccer player at Northeastern, and, and Parker, although young, is the def- defensive end, I believe, uh, for his uh, youth football team. They're both athletes, and they inspire to be athletes. And I just we love making connections with whether it's a college player or a professional athlete, making those connections with the kids because it furthers, inspires them that they can still do it. And the resources that Shriners have on the medical side can help them go, can really help them succeed in accomplishing their goals. Golf question for you. You talked about the changes in the fall. What what, if anything, Willer has the live tour done in terms of this? Well, nothing. I, um, I mean, we've lost some players. Right, I mean, we've lost um, we've we've lost two defending champions to it, two yeah. important players for us. You know, Bryson, Bryson DeChambeau, and, and Kevin Na. Kevin, obviously, a local, so we lost those two guys for sure, who have always played and supported us for the most part. So um, d- disappointed that they left, but you know, it 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 is what it is. That's the decision that they made, and I will I will respect that. Um, we're excited to have 144 of the best PGA Tour players that wanted to play this week here playing this event with some some notable names i think the 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 changes that were made by commissioner monahan a couple uh, at the tour championship was a month and a half ago or so actually puts las vegas in a really good spot you know um you know we're gonna still end up being a kind of a you know normal pga tour fall event um but the changes that were made to the some of these elevated events i think actually help us maintain that we have uh, a great field here because there's a minimum number of kind of regular PGA tour events that still have to be played. Um, I feel good about, you know, kind of being away from the heart of the schedule because that's a lot of golf that the guys are going to have to play in an eight month schedule. And if they still have to have a minimum number of other events, we are in a, in an incredible place and in an incredible part of the fall schedule that I think will be very attractive for guys to still play our event. And then we also have a, an incredible just local base of players that I think will make sure that our event is always, always circled. So, we're, I, 
I'm still very optimistic about it. You know, this is the 15th year that Shriners has been the title sponsor of this event. Um, and we just signed on uh, for another five years. This is year one of another five-year agreement between the Tour and Shriners to 2026. So um, still very optimistic about what's going to happen here. Well, he is Patrick Lindsay, tournament director out here for the Shriners Children's Open. Patrick, we Thanks, appreciate Patrick. the time. Yeah, Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank uh, you for having me. Coming up next, we'll get into a little bit of UNLV football as they take on San Jose State tonight. Bischoff's Briefs. You know what happened last month without anybody noticing? This is for real. Webster's Dictionary expanded the definition of the word literally to include the way it's commonly misused. Bischoff's Briefs. So the thing is, we no longer have a word in the English language that means literally. It literally doesn't have a synonym. Bischoff's Briefs. So we're going to have to find the Latin word for it and use it. But see, I don't know any Latin. Bischoff's Briefs. So when I say that I am literally going to set fire to this building with you in it, you don't know if I'm speaking figuratively or literally. Bischoff's Briefs is a little bit earlier in the show today. Uh, I do need to read you a tweet from Fernando who says, will UNLV lose their next three games, San Jose State, Air Force, and the and Notre Dame? It's Fernando, not very happy about UNLV football. So... What is Fernando happy about? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. He's very unhappy with yeah. a lot of things. Uh, probably thinks Becky Hammond should be fired, That's even though they exactly. won the title. Uh, so here's here's my question for Bischoff's briefs: uh, Will UNLV fans show up for the football team? And the comparison I'm going to use is Kansas football. Uh, Kansas has now sold out three straight games. Kansas is five and zero. They're ranked 19th in the country, and this weekend their third straight sellout. They are hosting number 17 TCU. Traditionally, bad football program, off to a great start, and in Kansas, their fan base is responding. Last year, Kansas won two games. Uh, They averaged 26,000 fans. This season, they drew 34,000 for their first game, and then this will be their fourth home game. They've sold out the next three at 47,000. So basically, when Kansas started winning this year, they doubled their attendance number from about 26 to full capacity at 47, almost 50,000. If you go back, really the only other time Kansas has had success in football in two decades was when they went to the Orange Bowl back in 2008. They averaged over 50,000 fans that year. So Kansas football isn't usually good. But on the rare occasion that they are good, their fans show up. Their fans come out. Their fans go to the games. Now, if we look at UNLV football, their attendance by game this season, the Idaho State, the season opener, was 19,500. This is announced attendance. North Texas, 19,600. New Mexico, slight uptick to 21,600. Last year, UNLV averaged 22,000 fans. So as of right now, UNLV is actually averaging less Less fans fans than they did last year. Now, they're going to get Nevada at the end of the year in a home game. That's going to boost that average up quite a bit. Because even if UNLV loses a bunch of games here, they're still going to get a good crowd when they host Nevada. But if we go back through history, right, UNLV from 2012 to 2019 never had a season where they averaged 20,000 fans or more, right? Didn't have it. Last year, despite winning just two games, they did see that bump up to 22,000. So they did have a slight rise in their first uh, season at Allegiant Stadium, but we're talking about two to 3,000 more than usual. And last year's bump was primarily because they played Iowa State at home because every other game they played besides Iowa State was under 20,000. 
The single-season record for UNLV's attendance was back in 2007. They got 29,200 on average out at games. That team went 2-10, and 10, though, and the reason it was 29,000 is Wisconsin and Hawaii both sold out the stadium and brought 38,000 fans. So that was simply about opponent. If you go back to the last time they went to a bowl game in 2013, they only had 17,000 fans out there. So if you look back at UNLV history, their attendance, their football attendance number, it only goes up when they play a big-time opponent at home. The only, the only time they have a significant bump in attendance is when they play a Power 5 team at home or if Hawaii's good or something like that and brings a whole lot of fans here. Their attendance does not go up when the team is good. When the team is good, they, it's, the, it's basically the same attendance. There might be a minor bump. But when the, the, these fans don't react to UNLV's uh, football team being good and so this year's team is good and I'm trying to figure out if there's any reason to believe that changes well I think also next last year the uptick had a lot to do with people wanted to see the stadium and they didn't want to pay NFL prices so it was a good way to go to a game and see the stadium if they had never seen it before yeah. there had to be some of those people I don't yeah. know what the percentage was but there had to be some of those people yeah. who just never been to Allegiant Stadium I think two issues for UNLV uh, and to go back and compare them to Kansas UNLV does not have the fan base that Kansas has. Kansas usually sucks at football, but people are showing up. But Kansas has a massive fan base thanks to its basketball basketball program, program. right? And so they've got a ton of Kansas basketball fans who are probably Kansas football team fans, but they don't have any reason to cheer for most years. So when Kansas football is good, the basketball fans show up. UNLV, that that, that doesn't happen. Like, it, it doesn't exist. There's a good basketball fan base here for a Mountain West program, but it's not on the same level as Kansas. So I, I personally just don't think UNLV has a big enough fan base to be good, right? If they're going to get 30,000 people to show up to a game at Allegiant Stadium and it not be against, you know, Iowa State or somebody like that, they've got to get people who are not fans, people who are casual college football fans to show up. And I think the second problem for UNLV in this uh, equation here, the games that UNLV plays they don't matter. And again, to compare to Kansas this year, Kansas is 5-0. and Right. They're ranked in the top 25. And guess what? They're playing another ranked team this week. That just killed Oklahoma. Will UNLV ever play a ranked versus ranked conference game? A ranked versus ranked? Will no. UNLV ever be ranked in no. playing another ranked Mountain West team? I'm going to say no. Probably not. And it's two parts. One, UNLV is not actually that good to They're get not to the votes, top 25. Even with right. their coach. Come on, Arroyo. But the other part, the conference generally, this year it's really bad. It's but, Boise, but, and if, any, if right. any given year, maybe Fresno. There's usually one or two teams that are ranked in the Mountain West. So the chances of you playing one of those two teams is pretty low, and the chances of UNLV being ranked right. is even lower. lower. So the issue is if you're trying to convince a, a non-UNLV fan to come watch a UNLV game, and hopefully you, you, know, you convert them, right? Somebody that lives in Las Vegas that doesn't care about UNLV football but likes football and is like, ah, they're pretty good, I'll go watch them play. How do you convince them to go watch, hey, we're playing New Mexico, right? We're 3-1, and one, we're off to a good start, New Mexico's terrible. Like, that's a hard sell for somebody who's not an actual UNLV fan, and I think that's what they have to do if they're ever going to have a significant rise in well, attendance. Let me ask you this, because since 2013, how much do you think the basketball fans have decreased? Because I still think you probably have basketball fans who go to football games, but there's yes. just not as many basketball fans. I, so 
it's probably it's de- the, in, to go back to the casual part. I think the casual part's the big the big area for UNLV in this city because yes, the attendance at UNLV basketball has decreased, but if UNLV was suddenly top twenty five and you know going to well, the, the NCAA NCAA tournament. tournament. Thomas and Mac is going to have 17,000, 18,000 yes, people yes. in it, right? If they, if they do that, th- those fans will show up. That's a good crowd for basketball. That's, that's the average for a bad UNO right. football team. If they have 17,000, it's a bad crowd. So I think the issue is, is that might sort of be where the cap is on the UNLV fan base. And so to, for football and also for basketball to an extent, you have to get the casual fans. You have to get the people who are not diehard UNLV fans to show up. And to do that, you have to play meaningful games. And even – even if they come, if they beat San Jose State and they're five and one, they come home to play Air Force, who's good. Who's good? It's ju- it's still. What does that game mean, right? Like, okay, UNLV is going to play for the Mountain West title, but if I'm not a UNLV fan, I don't care about that, right? Whereas At best, I'll watch it on TV, right? Whereas again, to go back to Kansas, Kansas is ranked in the top twenty. TCU's ranked in the top twenty. That <clears throat> that's a selling point, right? You can sell people on, hey, it's a top twenty matchup, and it's unlikely. But if Kansas went undefeated, they're playing in the college football playoff, right? Absolutely. UNLV obviously, UNLV obviously And they win the Big 12 championship. UNLV obviously with a loss. But if UNLV went undefeated in a year, they're not playing for the college football championship. They're they're not in the playoff, right? So even if UNLV were to go undefeated, you're playing for the Mountain West title and the Idaho Potato Bowl or the L.A. Bowl. The L.A. Bowl. That's where the champion goes. Right. So it's just to me that like that's a problem UNLV has where regardless of how good they are, it's just it's they're just not meaningful games and you've got to get casual fans to come out and watch them and if you're playing a meaningful game, if there's actual stakes on it, if you put a little number by their name and the opponent, people might show up. If it's hey this team has a shot at the college football playoff or even if it's just like UNLV is five and one and they're hosting a power five. Like if UNLV were to be hosting Kansas this week. That might make a difference. Like, oh, five. Well, and one you'd also your... have a lot of Kansas people coming right. here. So it's but it's just I think they're in a very difficult spot where, like, if this year's team goes eight and four, it's the best UNLV season in what thirty years yeah. since Randall Cunningham was here, right? Since Harvey Hyde was the coach, whatever. It's one of the best seasons that this program will have ever had. Their average at the end of the year is going to be about 21,000 fans. It's going to be the same as it was last year, even if they have one of their best seasons ever, simply because 8-4 and going to the Idaho Potato Bowl just isn't interesting to non-UNLV fans. And I think that's the big issue for UNLV. When you look at conference realignment and all that, that's that's one of the big reasons why. Yeah, because people people keep talking about market and market shares and all that and television. Right. Might have to do a lot with fan base as well. Yeah, and UNLV doesn't have it. Now, if, you, if let's say they get into the Pac-12, and the Pac-12, let's say, doesn't lose everybody, but if they get into the Pac-12 as is, and, hey, UNLV's off to a 4-1 and one start, and they're hosting Oregon, right? Who's right. Even, even just hosting, like, Cal or Stanford in a conference game makes a difference because it's not nobody's going to be that excited about Cal or Stanford, but it, it's more. It's more meaningful to a casual fan to go watch a Pac-12 game Right. The Mountain West game, so it's it's a tough spot there, and I don't know that there's a real answer other than hey, either A, B, Boise State of the 2000 late 2000 uh, and start getting ranked right. on a consistent basis. You've got to be really good year yeah. after year after year, or get into a power conference. Those right. are really the only two options, and both of those are 
Long shots. Are Unbelievably best. difficult. Huge long shots. Do. All right, we got uh, Porta Subs to give away six foot classic sub from Porta Subs, and you'll be qualified to win a new Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars Las Vegas. We do that drawing at the end of the month for the Yeti cooler, but you'll win right now the six foot sub from Porta Subs. 702 364 1100 is the phone number. Be caller number six right now, and you'll win a six foot sub from Porta Subs and be qualified to win a new Yeti cooler. Well, the record books say what they say. Um, I think that over the history of the game, there have been different eras. The ball performed differently. The equipment was different. And I think the best way to handle it is let fans make their own judgment as to what records are most significant for them. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. We are out here at TPC Summerlin for the Shriners Children's Open. We're going to be joined uh, next hour by Parker, one of the patients from the uh, Shriners Children's Hospital. Uh, but, Ed, I've got an important question for you. What are you doing tomorrow? Uh, flying to Kansas City. Oh, man. On your birthday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh you can't. Oh, you set me up. I did set you, set you up. up. I did set I just, you up. It must have been one of those Lotus things. It was. We just because, got an email because saying I just happy got a, birthday. Because I just got a text. <laughs> Steph McKenzie, happy early birthday. <laughs> it's too bad, too. The kids are home this weekend. Oh, yeah. man. Got the TCU hat. It's it's a Monday night game. You could have flown well, out Sunday. Saturday night flyover. Or Saturday night money. Okay. All right. You flying away. You flying out early tomorrow? Uh, too early. Too early. Yeah. What, earlier than our show? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Jeez. No, no. Right. no my gosh. But, uh, no, kids are home. It's, a, it's, 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 it's not good. Will your kids be awake before you leave to go to the airport? No chance. Oh, not even what on your birthday? What time is it right now? It's five Almost to nine? nine? Yeah. No chance they're awake right now at the house. Yeah. And they wanted to walk the dog. This is the first time they've seen the bulldog. Well, oh. no, not my daughter. First time the son has seen the bulldog because he's been away for months at school. Um, so they wanted to walk him because he's, you know, we've let him off the leash for the first time. Oh, you did, and you didn't attack everything he saw. Well, it's because we're at a green belt, and we make sure there's no one else there. <laughs> <laughs> we literally pull up, and I have to get out of the car. May, I should have my binoculars because it's a pretty long green belt. But I'm looking, looking, and if there's no one there, come on, hurry up, hurry up, get the dog out of the car. <laughs> and we run him over to get his run in, and we take the leash off, and he runs, and he has a good time. Oh, look at that! Yeah, first time. First time. I mean, he goes every day now. She, she's going to take him in. She, I just got the text. Should I wake Bridget up to take him? Because Bridget's in love with the dog. And I said, well, try to get her out of bed. Yeah, no chance. For the dog, though? Come on. Sugar. That's like the one thing my fiance will get up early for yeah, on the it weekends. Might be. The son would laugh at us if we knocked on the door for a dog. <laughs> I mean, he would say, you've got to be out of your minds right now. So hold on. They're, are they back just for your birthday? No. Oh, they just, okay. I don't know why. Uh, they're on a break. There's some kind of break. Uh my son's only here for a few days, which stinks because I wanted to spend more there's time a, with him. There's a break in the early. There's October? some kind of break. Well, he's he's different because he's a he's you know a, he's actually part of the faculty as a PhD student. So he I don't know what he his break is for. And then my daughter just she doesn't have class on Friday, so she said I'll fly home to see Tristan, oh, not see me schedule. on the birthday. What a great oh, yeah. schedule! Oh, she set herself up as a senior oh, to wear nothing on Friday. I did. I did something. Did you do something like too. that? Yeah. yeah, I didn't have Mondays or Fridays my last semester of college. Mondays or Fridays. Yeah, it was four great. day weekends. Yes, because our our Jeez. our capstone class was a Wednesday class, and it was like trying to emulate your you work for a TV news channel, so you come in and it's like there's a meeting at eight a.m. and then you have from nine a.m. until three p.m. to go out shoot and produce like a ninety your second video, video package, and because of that, the class 
takes all day, so you can't have any other Wednesday classes. So, so Wednesday, Friday. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Friday is the classes. general class schedule. Right, exactly. You could take one late, like at 6 or 7 p.m., but you kind of couldn't take one Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I just wow. pushed everything to Tuesday. Thir- I took some online You had a lot of classes too. Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah, just like one or two, and then everything else was online when I, I could do whenever I had time for. But, yeah, it was a great schedule. Seems Phenomenal like nice, schedule. This is your senior schedule. See, yeah, that was my last yes, semester of yes. college. Phenomenal yeah. schedule. Oh, couldn't – yeah, she did a great job. So she set herself up. Yeah. She set herself up with nothing on Friday. Yeah, phenomenal. Sleeps in, does nothing. I hope she does homework. <laughs> does nothing. I hope she does homework. <laughs> I don't know. Drives back to see you. Yeah, say happy yeah. birthday, and then you leave Drive and go back. to Kansas She has City. this flyer back. You no, really? Oh, yeah. Come on. This kid, come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. What's my confirmation oh. number I got last night? Have you checked oh. me in? Come oh, on. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Come Drive on. Drive it back. Oh, That's yeah. got to be no. easier. Have you checked me in? Uh, and then you got to go pick her up? Last night, great story. Her flight's at 9. We get the, I get the text at 7.30. She's checked in. Forgot my earbuds at home. $32 at the airport where you pay half. I said, for what? My flight. It's an hour. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need those for? It's Southwest. Watch something on television. It's free. I do it all the time. It's an hour. Okay. Then will you pay 12 of it? She kept she's going, negotiating. Yeah, she's negotiating. She kept going down in price, and we both, my, her mom and I, her mom got on the phone. See you in a little while, Bridget. We'll pick you up. Just laughing at her. Did she buy them herself? No, no, no. Oh no, she wasn't going thirty-two. Okay, no, she was willing to go sixteen. No, and no then 18. these kids, they they save their money because they know <laughs> I'm paying for everything else. No, she was not willing to go. No, she got down to for me. She got me down to twelve. I was about to say yes because I say yes to her for everything. And I looked over and Bonnie sitting uh, next to me, and the look I got, I said, "B, I can't do it. It's just no chance. I can't do it. I can't send you twelve bucks right now." All right, but important question: How do you forget your headphones or your earbuds before going on a plane? Oh, that's like especially her, especially with the phone and the earbuds, and right? The social media, and like all you that got, stuff. like you got to go ticket, ID, phone, earbuds. earbuds. Like yes. that's that's got to yes. be the top four yes. things. Any like anything else you forget, whatever. But that's got to be among. I don't know how she did. I mean, your essential. Items. She's on the phone twenty four seven. The Snapchat, the Instagram. The, she doesn't do Twitter. I think uh, the TikToks. Does she walk around with the earbuds in her ears, like around the house or anything? If she has them, yes. Oh. She'll have them, yeah. Oh, they're, and she, she forgot them? And she forgot them. I don't know what happened. $32. Will you pay 12 <laughs> That's so for great. For an hour. That's for an hour on the plane. What, what is she going to buy them and you Venmo her? $12? Yes. Bucks? Yes. <laughs> yes. She wanted me to Venmo her $12 to buy some kind of earbud. I'm glad you stayed strong and didn't yes, do it. Well, I was all about to do it.